and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. is Gosso. He leads the way from Mr. Busy. Marata's back to third from Layla's Lad and ten to Barters. I'm not sure what happened. He's lost his spot and he's out the back. So Gosso controls the race at the 400. Marata gets a run on the inside. Mr. Busy hooks out three wide. Then come Layla's Lad and ten to Barters has to go past all four of them. They top the rise. Marata railed underneath of Gossio to take the lead. Mr. Busy one pace. Ten to Barters picks up the inside and Layla's last. Gosso not done with. Coming back at Marada, Gosso and Marada, Gosso, he's going to win again at this track. Gosso's going to get up from Marada, who looked to have him at the top of the lane. Layla's lad into third, then Mr. Busy, and I've got no idea what happened to the favourite. Ten Tabatas, he couldn't have begun any better. Lost his spot halfway through the race, and he's run last. That was Gosso taking out the 1,090-metre open handicap at Bundaberg on the weekend for apprentice Shannon Stefan and trainer Kim Afford with Dan Thomas with the call there, courtesy of the Bundaberg Race Club. So we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. News on that Bundaberg program where Montana Philpot rode a double at the card. Charlie de Villa had a training double at the Mariba card on the weekend. Emma Bell and Todd Austin each with doubles at Bar Calden. We'll talk about the Moranbar meeting as well where Cody Collars had a great day out in the saddle. Five rides for three wins a third and a fifth as well as doubles to a host of other uh, trainers at that program. Rick McMahon with a double back in the saddle at Mount Isa and lots of other news to get through on the show this morning. As always, helping us out with that news is Rob Luck who joins us this morning from the large Magic Millions yielding sales on the Gold Coast. Morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. And you can probably hear in the background the sales got underway for day two. And uh, Tony, what a day for the sellers yesterday. The uh, Ma- Magic Millions March sale, I've never seen an average that came in at 47156 And the median price was 35000 with the uh, the 94% sold. What a good clearance rate. This is a fantastic result for the uh, breeders, Tony. I suppose we buyers are sitting back saying, well, we've missed out on day one. We're looking for day two, and particularly the uh, country regional buyers. Uh, you look through the names, and there's uh, there's only a few sprinkles there. Freddie Whelan got one. Jared uh, Wheelow, Green Racing, Adrian Coombe, young Tom Smith has got a new one going to uh, his stable by Sidestep. And Ron and Val Beek out of the Bluff area picked up a heroic valour. But the prices are absolutely amazing. Of course, topped by that spirit of boom that John Morrissey bought for 370000 I don't think in the 10 years I've been coming down it's ever been that high. And it's probably been going to happen, hasn't it? Because the buyers have had a good run leading into this in the last 10 years. So this year, the sellers are rejoicing, I would say. And Rob, I think it's also uh, indicative of how this sale, the quality of the catalogue has improved so much. It, it's uh, it's never really been like the leftovers or those that weren't good enough to make the January sale. It's already produced plenty of champions this March sale, but the quality of this March sale has just been going up and up and up and up. And so much so, like the gross I was reading was 110% up on last year's day one. Oh, very much so. And, uh, you know, you've got the spirit of booms that people have been waiting for because his best crop of mares have come through in this sale for the first time. Better than ready, of course. All his runners hit the ground running. And, look, you've got southern buyers who are coming up. And, of course, we know Michelle Payne uh, settling into Queensland Racing already picked up a couple of a nice couple of cheapies, actually, on... um, on day one on the sale, but uh, quality across the board. And uh, look, when you go around and examine them, 
you think you're in the race with a certain budget, but the budget's going to have to improve, I think, Tony, if we're going to be um, snaring one at this sale. Mm. But uh, across the board, the quality is good. And, and there's a lot of interest in, in horses like, or the stallions like Heroic Valor and Power and Sidestep uh, as they become the new boys on the block type thing. And like even Worthy Cause, he's had, he's a leading two-year-old uh, sire in Queensland at the moment. He's had four runners with three winners. Um, so across the board, there's such such a selection. And uh, they're going extremely well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get one today, Tony, but uh, we're still trying. I think the uh, at this stage too, and we were talking about this uh, yesterday uh, and Sunday, David Fowler was mentioning on uh, on both Past the Post on Sunday and Press Room yesterday, there's a real buoyancy and a spring in the step of racing in Queensland at the moment. You look at the very successful Cutest Jewels Day at Aquas Park Gold Coast on Saturday and the success story of the uh, the Rocky trainers uh, quinellering the two-year-old jewel and simply fly taking out the three-year-old jewel for Rex Lip. But add into that the uh, the wonderful story of the Herovian running fifth in the All-Star Mile of Mooney Valley on Saturday. There is just a, a real positive vibe about racing in Queensland at the moment. Yeah, great results for uh, racing in Queensland. And, and the Rocky um, trainers are here in a fair bit of force. Now, I'm sure they're going to go home with runners, but sweet Dolly, what, a, what an absolutely fantastic result. Gutsy win on that heavy track and Justin Stanley plotting it beautifully, uh, keeping her on the rails behind the speed, just easing off as they got in the straight, was able to kick clear and hold off the two that were coming down the outside. And, and uh, look, she's four from four and she was a $1,500 weanling purchase from Raheen Stud. And I always find it amazing too that when you're looking through catalogues at sales like this, you pick out a few horses and, and the, the horses that win on the Saturday before are quite often related to something in the catalogue and you couldn't time it better. Uh, with the relationship there with um, Sweet Dolly and such a good story all around for Rockhampton Racing. And let's not forget Tony McMahon, who's regularly been on the show. He's nominated this filly as being the best horse to come out of Rockhampton, um, possibly in all time, but certainly in uh, recent times. And it was an outstanding win because it was in tough conditions. Um, and it's it's just good when you get these horses and the Herovian, of course, going down and what a gutsy run that was. And, of course, also um, the Russian Camelot. I mean, it's got the connections with Telemon Stud. They have a, a syndicate in that particular horse. So, yeah, it's looking really good in Queensland. And I think the, the buyers are going to be happy because the quality's there and the sellers, as I said, it, it's probably been the year it was going to come. Every other sale's been strong. So uh, it was always going to happen, and uh, we've got to meet the market. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, for uh, one of those years where things are down, the uh, the sellers have to meet the market and drop their expectations and sometimes drop their reserves. And at the same time, when things are, are up, uh, that's a, a case then where the buyers have got to dig right. a little bit deeper in for the extra couple of gold coins in the pocket. It's just got to be good for the industry across the board, I think, Tony. And, uh you know, we've been following this since the cutest uh, 600 origins of this sale on Bushbeat and promoting the notion of cutest and everything that's fully entrenched in Queensland now. And this is this is the culmination of it, I think. And it's, it's just going to maintain that strength. Very much so. We've got lots of uh, results to look back at over the weekend. And we might start off with Bundaberg. We heard Gossio there with Dan Thomas with the call. Usually it's Jared Wessel calling at Bundaberg. But Jared was uh, otherwise engaged with the Ipswich tab meeting on Saturday. And Dan stepped in and filled... Jared shoes nicely there, and that was a bit of a story in itself with Gossio beating Murata in a good finish, but the favourite, 10 Tabatas, ended up out the back, beating five lengths. Yeah, interesting for 10 Tabatas because these horses in this field all love the track and none more so than Gossio because his love conquers all. He's had uh, five wins and two seconds from nine starts at the track now with an overall record of seven wins and ten minor placings from 44. 
So uh, Kim Alford, she's got her stable going really well. And, of course, it was another day where the ladies just dominated the program. And Shannon Stephan uh, getting this galloper home at uh, really good odds, really, uh, over Marata. And it, it's certainly one that performs well on these sand surfaces. So well done to the stable there in Gossio in that particular win. Uh, but sto- the story of the meeting really comes out with this young jockey, uh, Montana Philpot. Of course, uh, the Gus Philpot uh, family. And uh, you've got all the details on that. But not only did Montana get her first win in 12 uh, rides on Exocet Rocket with Kevin Miller. Now, here's a Capira that's going well. He's had three wins in a second in class five. And it took the benchmark 60 over Sherwood Prince and uh, crisscross. And then Montana to uh, really round the day out. She got the double with Lieutenant, uh, which also had a relation in the sale. I noticed Stephen Rundle's had two from two now, two wins in a second last three and got up over Red Hannah and Magic Panther. But Montana Philpot, she's a new apprentice, Tony, and she's had a great day uh, because between her, with her double, and the other winners for Kelly Gates on celebrating for Cherie Vic and Isabella Tay for Alan Robinson and Champagne uh, Spirit. Actually, just before we go back to Montana, Alan Robinson, last three runners have been winners. Bundy and Coke has had two wins at Dooman, so his uh, stable is going really well with the Spill the Beans, Philly Champagne Spirit giving him his third winner. But Mon- Montana Philpot's going to be a good addition to those four kilo apprentices. Very much so, Rob. And the, the Philpot name has, uh, has been, I guess you can say, in the news headlines for many, many years in Queensland and quite often for all the wrong reasons. Of course, Gus was the, uh, the <laughs> jockey who was caught up in the bold personality fine cotton ringing scandal with no knowledge of what was going on at the time and was just the uh, the hoop that was on board. I remember interviewing uh, Gus at uh, one of the Emerald 100 meetings uh, back about 10 years ago. It might have been just before the family moved down to Victoria. And it was a fascinating yep. story to talk, uh, talk to him about what had happened from his point of view. And then it was, I think, 2014, uh, Gus and Donna moved down to Victoria so that Jesse could engage in the uh, the apprentices' school down in Victoria, and sadly we lost Donna in a track work accident at Bendigo back in 2017. So it's really lovely to see after a lot of, as we can say, in the news for the wrong reasons, uh, now we can celebrate the Philpot name and say, well done, Montana, and hopefully the only way is up from here. Do you have her uh, apprenticeship details, uh, Tony? I didn't get a chance with the excitement of the sale, of course, but uh, who is she actually apprenticed to? That's a very good question, and I hope to have a very good answer well, for you very quickly as I flip Well, to I'm the... sure you will, because I'll go to Mount <laughs> Isa while you're doing that research. Um, uh, I, can t- I can probably tell you very, very quickly. I probably can't, because I'm here, here I am looking through the apprentice permits, and no, it doesn't leap off the page. So let me keep looking. Well, I do have the race book in front of me, but... I... <laughs> It's a bit windy where I'm sitting here and it's blowing around everywhere. Hey, look, going to Mount Isa, uh, we've been talking about that stallion sizzling, of course, with Valenti doing a great job. And uh, and it's great to, to know that when I'm at a sale like this, we've got Peter Rowe coming on and Andrew Watts filling in for me today with their uh, reports. And he'll be talking about that sizzling out of uh, Bar Alden. But there's this sizzling touch for Jay Morris and Rick McMahon. Takes the first at uh, Mount Isa after a maiden win, two from two in the new stable. Uh, gets up at a much closer margin over McKellar's voice and Rock and Blitz as it's going through the grades. But uh, Sizzling, his stock are doing extremely well on provincial and country uh, track. Rick McMahon got the double with Galea Warrior, Robert Burrow in the open plate, the helmet seven-year-old, first up since May. So really good training effort defeating Wicked Wiki and Mr Tyndall. And great to see Timmy Brummel uh, getting a win again. He's with Stephen Roy's on Raptor. Stephen got the Quinella with Hologram on, uh, with the winner Raptor being by Medaglia Dioro. And that was a close finish. The margins are um, uh, pretty close in that race with only less than two lengths back to World of Pain. 
The honours were evenly shared because Justin Borden and Jason Bavarovich had a winner with Arking Hard, the all-too-hard first up since June, as you'd expect at this time of the year. There's many of the gallopers first up. But uh, the final event on the program, Dan Ballard back in the winner's saw with uh, 64.5 kilos this horse carried, Hutcho. So next, Georgie Holt Stable. Uh, Georgie's down to sale as well. Seven-year-old by Congrats, second run for the stable, and it got up over Warham Bungle and uh, King Langdon. So the honours evenly shared, but Rick McNan, he's, he's really added to those uh, riding ranks in the northwest, and I'm sure he'll keep every weight, etc., under control. Going to be a great addition there, but good to see that sizzling runner getting up again at its uh, second start in the area. Montana Philpot indentured to Stuart Kendrick at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, 50 kg is uh, the weight listed in the apprentice permits, and her indentures expire on the 23rd of October in 2024. And she is going to get plenty of opportunities uh, coming out of that stable. Of course, uh, Stewie Kendrick active at the sales here. The only one I got close to went to um, Stewie Kendrick and uh, his stable. But you did mention in the intro that Murrumbah, Cody Collis, has a young jockey on the move. He's had the three winners on the day, and as you said, those place getters as well. He actually kicked the program off with Glenda Bell with an inform Isis Jack Tail, the Golden Archer, two wins and two placings last four over Side Trip and Ram Ch- Ramachandra. Uh, then Cody combined with Ian Shaw with Dawlish, uh, the big brown five-year-old man. Ned loves the track too, from two at the track, first up since December, defeated Taken on Chance and Bullet Lad. Then he rounded out the meeting with Stars Don't Rust with Ian Shaw again. Ian's got the double there. This is the five-year-old by Bawadi, uh, defeated Barbican and the Decorator. And it was a big margin, uh, that particular one. It's good to see that uh, Cody's getting these rides for, you know, not only Glenda Bell that supports uh, him all the time, um, but as well other trainers are picking up on this young fella's um, ability. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Cody. Yes, that black hole almost came out of the saddle. He rode extremely well that day to stay in the saddle. And, and great job. He's, he's going places, this young fella. And uh, good to see. So treble for him. Uh, Trinity Bend and John Mansman combined with the uh, Struman got the cutest money, this Denman three-year-old filly that was first up from Kilcoy back on the 31st of December, defeated Settlin Sarge and Think I Can think I can Kareen. And look at the a win of the Open Handicap. Well, we, he, know, he needs no introduction. Fab's Cowboy, uh, Billy Johnson and Angela Jones booting home plenty of winners. One at Roma at its last run. Look at the record. 42 wins, 16 seconds, five-thirds out of 101. And he defeated Raiden, that was runner-up in the Stampede, by four and a half lengths on this surface. And uh, best guest for Billy Johnson into uh, third place. But he is an absolute marvel and a fantastic training performance again by Billy Johnson to just keep this fellow going. And, and every time he comes into the campaign, he just seems to get better and better. But the day did belong to Cody Collis and his treble, and uh, congratulations to him on that achievement. Looking ahead to the uh, the week ahead, Rob, we've lost uh, Gatton today. The uh, wet weather is always welcome when the rain is around, but unfortunately uh, Gatton was transferred from last Thursday to today and still weather and track conditions not conducive to racing. Fingers crossed that Kilcoy is going to be right for Thursday. Uh, tab program at Townsville on Friday has been transferred to Cairns. We had that news come through yesterday. Uh, that will allow okay. them to do some uh, remedial work on the uh, the surface there at Cluton Park at Townsville. So Townsville transfers to Cairns for this coming Friday. Tab card at uh, Mackay on Saturday. And the other Saturday programs include Wando and Cup Day for the Wando and Diggers Race Club. It's the Springshaw St. Patrick's Day Race Club with their uh, St. Patrick's Day bracelet meeting. Longreach, Innisfail and Cloncurry all lining up as well. Yeah, we're looking forward to the racing, getting back to Longreach on the weekend. We're keeping our fingers crossed uh, with the weather, but uh, 
Watsy, when he come on, we'll give you more detail on that. And the, uh, the show is ready to go for Saturday. But uh, I'll go back to the sales ring, Tony, and uh, hopefully get a bit, a bit of luck here during the day. Uh, thank you for, again, having me on. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Enjoy. And uh, good luck. Don't wave at the flies. Don't wave at anyone across the other side of the ring because it could end up being a very expensive wave. Well, Andrew Brown's keeping a close eye on me when he's when he's doing the spot bidding, as we know from Radio Tap. So he's uh, he's just making sure I'm looking at the right ones. <laughs> Good luck, and hope you get uh, get a nice one to add to the stable. Good morning, Tony. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. The race appears to be in the first two at the moment as they come to the home corner. Peony Rose straightened up about a half a neck in front. Going up on the outside is Craig Lee Rafferty. She's in for the fight. It's Peony Rose in front. Craig Lee Rafferty, she's trying hard at the moment, but Peony Rose has got away, and Peony Rose goes on to win by three-quarters of a length to Craig Lee Rafferty. Battle Mountain did get third, just ahead of She Beats the Best, the last one in. Courtesy of our friends at On The Bit Racing Australia, the call there with Bluey Forsyth at the first race at Mariba on Saturday. It's not often that we actually just pull out a 900 metre Class B and acknowledge a, uh, a win there. We normally try and look for one of the feature races like the Open Handicap or the Highest Benchmark or something like that. But this particular run has a bit of a story behind it because the jockey celebrated her first win since coming back to the saddle for quite a few years and helping us out with all of our NQ news on Bushbeat is Peter Rowe. Morning, Peter. Morning, Tony. How are you? Well this morning. How are you going? Not too bad, not too bad. Tuning into the sales, keeping an eye on things down there, which is good. I see uh, a short time ago uh, that uh, uh, one went to uh, uh, buy a Margaret Capra. So there's going to be something there that's going to be heading uh, back up north. I'll just see if I can dial back into the results because I did see... Uh, the, the Capra name bounce up there with one not too long ago. Yeah, Margie and Kev, they've been good supporters up this way. They've got a couple of horses down around the southeast corner with Jack Duncan, and then we're lucky enough to have a couple for them up here. So I'm sure it'll have a crack down there first, and if it doesn't make the, the grade down there, then it might come up north. Well, uh, wish them all the best with uh, whichever one that is. Of course, as I say that, now I can't find it on the screen. It's, <laughs> it's always the way where you, you think, oh, I must make mention of that, and then you go looking for it and you can't find it again. No, well, there's plenty of them going under the hammer, so we can't blame you for that. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're making their way through the uh, the next batch of lots that are going through this morning. Uh, there it is. It's a Spirit of Boom filly out of Little Brown Horse sold by Eureka Stud, uh, bought by the Capras for 40000 So, yeah, the Spirit of Booms are attracting plenty of attention, as are the Better Than Reddies from, from Lyndhurst Stud and uh, and the Oakland Better Than Reddies as well. Uh, there's going to be uh, hopefully some nice horses making their way out to some stables soon. Most definitely. Let's talk about this uh, win on uh, Saturday at Mariba. Uh, with uh, all uh, respect to Peony Rose and, and Charlie Devilla, who had a training double, I guess the story was more about the jockey. Yeah, how we see Lacey back. She um, was one of Queensland's leading apprentices during her time, and then obviously even as a senior rider, she mixed it with the best, and she's had a quite a, a break. I think it's been eight years out of the saddle. She's now mum to a, a really nice little young fellow buddy, and it was great to see her back. I gave her a first ride back to Matherton, uh, last week and we run second and it didn't take her long. It was a second ride back and she got the chocolates and, and made it two seconds on, on the boot after that. I was looking at uh, Lacey's riding record and yes, there's a, a very large gap there from April 2013 all the way through to March 2021. Her last winner was at the Sunshine Coast for John Dan on a horse called Tricken back on the 24th of March 2013 and here she jumps back into the, uh, the winner's circle with Peony Rose on the 13th of March 2021. Yeah, and it was a typical gun ride by Lacey. She's 
just very neat in the saddle. She can get horses to travel for her. It jumped, it led. It was a short price favourite. It was um, $1.40 it started and halfway up the straight, old bridesmaid Rafferty looked like she was going to run past it and, and true to her form, she she seen the winning post and got, got a fright and it was good to see Lacey back. She had a smile from ear to ear. I can only imagine. Uh, Massa Abe was the uh, the only lad to win there on the day. Uh, interesting that uh, we see this so often in the country meetings that the girls ride the card. And I say interesting because David Fowler had a, a great discussion on Press Room yesterday about the, the days that probably should be well behind us about listing jockeys as Ms L Morrison and uh, talking about female riders. But this is something that we've seen so often in the country. Uh, the girls' jockey's room has to be so much bigger than the boys' these days. Yeah, most definitely. We've got a, a really wide range of um, riders up here, uh, quite a few senior females and, and the apprentices, and um, it was good to see Massa get a win. He's, he's a hard-working rider. He's been driving up to Charlie's stable doing doing a bit of track work up there, and it was a really impressive win by supposing we could actually. Beating Evil Eye Mac and Soldati, as you say, impressive two and three-quarter lengths, the winning margin. Yeah, and Mariba's not known for horses to get home, and it, it got back in the field supposedly wicked. It looked a chance halfway up the straight that it was going to be a race-to-race double for Lacey. Evil Eye Mac kicked away, and it was great to see him back in form um, now with the Nicole Homan stable, and um, Lance and Cherie McDonald, the owners, were there on course, and um, they've actually bred Evil Eye Mac, and Lance has had a bit of ill health lately, and it was great to see him back at the races. And um, Charlie also run third with Soldati, and Rachel's shred in the saddle so it was a really good finish to what was a, a very fast run race Peter wouldn't be a uh, North Queensland meeting if Bonnie Thompson didn't ride a winner who I think is having a birthday this week yeah and it was a great to see Maria Pateras that's win number two on the board for Maria and, um, it was a it was an interestingly run race they went very quick in front um, Yakamunda and Mediarano put the speed on and Bonnie just bided her time back in the field and got right to the outside of the track um, you can do that at Maria but there's a nice camber on the turn and um, yeah, it just got there on the line. Mediorano kept kicking, um, but it was great. Maria, that's her second winner, and Mariba's her favourite track because she, she broke her duck there as well. So it was it was a good win. It had good form down south. It was a bit, bit disappointing first up in the north, but um, it started a short-price favourite as well and got the job done. Tell us about Clout's win in the benchmark 50. Oh, he's just an absolute honest old marvel, Clout. I think he could. I think he's rising eight or rising nine. Um, big... Big white horse clout, and Emily rode him on speed, and he just he just keeps running for apprentices. I think he I think he likes having apprentices on more so than the senior riders because mm. Milo, as he's known around the stable, he likes to do his own thing, and he did that. He sat up on speed, and um, Bonnie's own ran real quick out in front, and he he just kept grinding away. But the eye catcher out of that, and I think it's one in the black book from moving forward to the tabs is Rotten Bell first up from the spell. He was a distant last. He probably still gave the lead. It's quite close to six or seven lengths on the turn, and to run him down to a length was a, a really good run. I'm going to draw a long bow here, but I hope I'm on the right sort of line. When you said Clout's name around the stable is Milo, is he named after Milo Kerrigan, the boxer from Full Frontal? Let's just go with yeah. I couldn't tell you that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how Scotty got his name, but he's an absolute gem around the stable. I'm stable right next to Scotty. We share a barn, and old Milo's a character. His first one works. If he's not, he, he bungs on a turn, and... Everyone knows him. He's just he stands out from the crowd, and I was lucky enough to race his half brother with Scotty Mustang Jack. We got a win of him out at Ewan, and Milo's been retired more times than anyone I know, and he just keeps bobbing up. And <laughs> every time he goes back to the races, when he's it's his last run, out comes Milo when he wins. So 
No, he's a lovely old horse. It may, may well be Milo Kerrigan because he was one of these punch-drunk boxer-type characters when Full Frontal was on back in the late 90s, mid to late 90s on Channel 7 and uh, was a great character. And, uh, yeah, with, with Clout and that, I'm just trying to, as I say, trying to draw a long bow there that the Clout could be part of the boxing, but it sounds like if he's a bit of a character and he's the, the one that gets upset when he doesn't have the attention, he may well be Milo Kerrigan. You'll have to ask Scotty when you talk to him. I will. I'll see him in the morning and see what he has to say. <laughs> and, and then you can let me know that I'm on totally the wrong track and know he's called it because he clouded <laughs> Scotty over the head one day or something like that. Oh, I don't think so. He's a gentle giant. <laughs> and the uh, the last race of the day, uh, Dad Trevor had a, a winner here with uh, with Kristen Swaffer in the saddle. <clears throat> yeah, Craig Lee Simo is a new acquisition to the, um, to the team and a big thank you to Stan and um, Marilyn and Crystal Johnson for giving us a chance with this one. He, he's not... Um, He's, he's won five races. That makes it win number six, I'm pretty sure. And he did it quite well, actually. 59 kilos after Kristen's claim. And we've only had him a couple of weeks. And, and we just said to Kristen, ride him wherever he wants to be. And she did that in hands and heels. And um, she's a very aggressive hands and heels rider, Kristen. She doesn't get a, enough credit for that. She's, she doesn't use the whip too often. And, and you can probably put that back to Sonia and Braden as her mentors when she was growing up. Sonia, I remember won the Cairns Cup for me on Shadow to Tory without even pulling the stick and... I think you were there that day when the new market with Luciano, same thing. Mm. You can get the best out of them without using the whip. And when you see Kristen sit down in the saddle and punch them out, she does a, a very good job. And I think that goes back to the sporting background where they sit in the saddle and kick them and ride them hands and heels. So it was it was a good win and got Wittrick, which sat on speed. And Metro Missile was a really good run coming from back in the field for Kayla Russell. I remember talking to a, a country bush trainer years and years ago, No Names, No Pact Rule, and he was saying, like, some of the riders that have done Pony Club, have done rodeo, have done barrel racing, they have a, a, a different understanding of a horse and how to get the best out of them and how to push them. And as you say, that that hands and heels type riding where you can really push them to the line. You see some of the, the great Metro riders like Willie Pike and, and Craig Williams do it, and it's a, a very, very good attribute to have, especially if you have a horse that doesn't particularly appreciate the stick. Most definitely, and I think... And it's a matter of time before everyone has to revert back to that and the way things are going with the whip rules and whatnot. And mm. it, it's a plus to have somebody be able to do that already. So I remember growing up, um, Dad's apprentice, Christine Hewitt, she outrode her claim. And I can honestly say I don't ever remember her pulling the stick on a horse. And she was the same. She came from a sporting background and, and rode horses growing up. And if you can get the best out of them with your arms and your legs, why do you need a whip? Exactly. Yeah. Sounds like it was a good day there at Mariba. I mentioned before when I was talking about the calendar coming up this weekend with Rob, I think I said Innisfail. And, of course, that meeting has been transferred this weekend to now be conducted by the Gordonvale Turf Club. Yeah, it's really good to see Gordonvale put their hand up. Um, the Gordonvale track, it's a nice little picturesque track, only about 15 minutes from the CBD of Cairns. But... Um, this time of year is when they, they should be racing. It's, we've had beautiful weather, so the, there's really nice grass coverage. It'll be a little bit softer underfoot than normal, so um, they always get a really big crowd there, so I'm looking forward to it. We've got a couple going out, and then, of course, um, Kansas picked up Townsville's meeting on Friday, so a good weekend of racing. All right, excellent. So we'll look forward to uh, the uh, results coming out of the weekend. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Bushbeat. Not a problem. Can I just give a quick shout-out, Tony? A big congratulations to um, Montana Philpott getting a double on the weekend. Mm. I haven't seen Noddy for about 10 years. She, her and Jess grew up up here with um, Donna and Gus, and we're lucky enough to know Donna and Gus really well. So um, Jessie's obviously out of her time now, and we've got another Philpott in the saddle, which is great to see, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Mum would have been kicking it home from upstairs. So it's yeah. really, really good. As I said to Rob, it's nice to see the family name in the newspaper for some nice reasons compared to some of the, uh, the dramas and tragedy that has beset the Philpott name over the years. Most definitely. Good on you, Pete. Thanks, Tone. 
Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. Into the straight now and Kalmar leads. Music Awards hung up the white flag, sizzling to the middle of the track, runs on. Then You're Not Wanted, Rothaby back to the fence. There's four across this track, but sizzling strikes the front. He's got company, Rothaby's up the fence though, but it's sizzling with about 150 to go. Trying hard on the inside is Rothaby and late down the outside is You're Not Wanted. This is pretty impressive though. Rush punches it right out, sizzling by three and a half. Second then would have been uh, Rothaby, then You're Not Wanted, followed by Zorro Macho. Yes, sizzling taking out the uh, last race there at Bar Calden on the grass track of the Outback in the benchmark 60 over 1300, written by Alicia Ross for trainer Todd Austin, who picked up a double on the program. Emma Bell also with a double. And to tell us more about what happened at Barky on the weekend, we welcome to Bushbeat Andrew Watts. Good morning, Wattsy. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, uh, listeners. And, uh, yeah, it was the best to last there at Bar Calden on Saturday with sizzling, making it four from four out west. As you said, for Todd Austin, that was the second leg of his winning double. Uh, Ross punched it right out to win by three and a quarter over Rothaby and a further three and a quarter back to third. You're not wanted. 1.15.09 was the time, a new track record. Um, and it's got to be said, the track was in super condition there on Saturday, but a fantastic performance there by sizzling uh, Tony, I think a horse that we're going to hear plenty more from. It just seems to have grown an extra leg since going to Todd's uh, uh, Outback Stable there, previously with Christy Best, and it had only had five placings out of 13 starts, but now the record reads 17 starts, four wins and five placings, and as you say, four in a row at Black All Bar Caldum, Black All Bar Caldum. And a lot to be said about a country change, Tony, that's for sure. Let's have a roll through the rest of these uh, races on Saturday. The first was won by Alfiato, first up for over six months for Mark Oates and Zoe White. Did it the tradesman's way. He was uh, three wide the trip, uh, but a very, very strong run to the line. Beat seven-year award, first up for Billy Johnson. That was for eight, off an eight-month break. Uh, just went down about just over a nose. An American genius up the fence late for third was impressive for Billy Johnson also and Emma Bell. Race two, Zebonet was the first leg of Todd's winning uh, double and the first leg of Emma Bell's winning double as well. Um, the maiden went that way of Zebonet. Look, he got exposed a long way out. He wobbled around, but when he pinned the ears back, he raced right away to win by a length and three quarters over Sky Touch, who was uh, resolute in second, and Disco Lights, uh, one for the Black Book when he gets over 12 and 1,300 metres, made his best work late. Surprise selection was a bit of a boil over in race three for David Revolt and Stevie Galvin. Great to see Stevie back out in the West. He's going to do a bit of uh, FIFO jockeying this year. Three years, uh, three weeks he'll spend out in the West and uh, three weeks uh, back at home. Started $26, surprise selection. Beat Rock and Roll Bobby in the last stride for Patrick O'Toole and Ross Tilly and a further length away to Granola State, who always runs a, uh, a very credible race in that grade. Uh, in the other race on the program, I Want to Be a Jeep was first up for Boy Foster on Saturday and got the cash, formerly with Desley down there in Brisbane. It was the second leg of Emma Bell's uh, winning double. Won by the barest of margins over Van Winkle, who did plenty wrong in the run. He over-raced early, he sweated up before the run, and he's only gone down a nose. He's one to really watch uh, as the distances roll out. Um, he's going to be one of the hot favourites, I think, for that Northern uh, Racing Series, which culminates at McKinlay. And High Cost was a good run in third for Mark Johnson and Paul Hamblin. There's a, a win in that galloper uh, just around the corner, Tony. Well, great so results there out of the, uh, the Barky program on the weekend. As we were saying with uh, Rob before, great to see Longreach back uh, up and racing this weekend. Cloncurry racing as well up in the northwest. 
Yeah, I'll be heading to uh, Cloncurry on Saturday. I was speaking to uh, Luke Daniels, the president, earlier, and, and they've got some fantastic initiatives this year up at Cloncurry um, off the track. Um, $10,000 in prize money for fashion of the field, and, and we know it's a complete uh, package uh, race days this year, um, and things like fashion of the field, they do pull people to the track. And here in Longreach, look, Tony, we don't want any more rain. We had three inches uh, at the track last week, and we've had a bit of drizzling this week, so uh, all eyes will be on the track. But, yeah, very exciting to be racing uh, back here in the Central West this week. And the Central West Jockeys Premiership, I know it's only in early stages, but Emma Bell uh, out on 11 points uh, leading at this stage over Elisa Ross. And Paul Randall, um, yet to ride a winner this year, but uh, on nine points, and that just shows the consistency of how well he is riding. I'll we'll be looking forward to uh, following that as it rolls through the uh, Barker's News Agency uh, Greater Western uh, uh, the Jockey uh, Premiership there. We'll be keeping an eye on that, and uh, points are plenty out there over the other uh, coming days. Watsy, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Tony. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Andrew Watts with us this morning, and thank you to Watsy as well as Peter Rowe and Rob Luck for joining us this week on Bushbeat to round up all of the country news. Good luck to the clubs that are racing this week. We keep our fingers crossed for a couple of the meetings. As we said, nice to have the wet weather around, but sometimes we're a little greedy and like to have our racing as well. Tab programs at Kilcoy Thursday. Towns will move to Cairns on Friday. Saturday, it's Mackay. On Saturday, the non-tab meetings include Gordonvale replacing Innisfail, uh, Cloncurry and Longreach, the Springshaw St. Patrick's Day Race Club and Wando and Cup Day for the Wando and Diggers. We wish you all all the best and good racing coming up on the weekend. As always, if you miss any of the show, our podcast replay is available through the Radio Tab Wooshka page. Google that and you'll be able to uh, dial in there. You can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Radio Tab Oz and be able to grab the link there. And thanks to our good friends at On The Bit Racing Australia on their Facebook page and website. You can also grab the Bush Beat link to the podcast there each and every week as well. Good racing on the weekend, folks, and we'll catch you back next week on Bush Beat on Radio Tab.